We've been, we, we've been in the Gospel of John uh, chapter 15 for a few weeks now, but last week we looked at the hatred of the world and the situation you know, of the world, this society that rejects God, that hates God. And, and he said that they, they will hate you, but it, it will hate you because it hates him. That's what Jesus said. And so it hates Jesus and it hates us. And, and, and it hates us because we belong to Jesus, if we do. That's a question I think that we should all ask. Do I really belong to him? Anyways, we've been changed. We've, we're different. We're, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're, we're, there's something that's happened within us. And, and uh, you know, this hatred of the world is real, and the persecution is real all around the world. But we're not alone. We're not alone. And that's kind of what I want to focus on today and, and talk about today. You know, Warren Wiersbe is one of my favorite uh, commentators, uh, Bible teacher, and I got a couple of good quotes from him today. He says, until the Lord returns or until we die, we must live in this hostile world and face continued opposition. How can we do it? What is the secret of victory? It is the presence and power of the Holy Spirit of God in our life. That's really, that's really what it is. And that's, that's what we're looking at today. Let's, let's look at uh, John chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. We jumped over those, but they're, right, they're really right in the middle of that whole section about the hatred of the world. And I, I kind of see is in the middle of all of it, we have the Holy Spirit. Verse 26, when the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Now, this isn't the first time Jesus in this, in this discourse, in this time of teaching uh, his disciples, he spoke about the Holy Spirit. If you look back to chapter uh, 14, we, we saw some verses there. Chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus says, I will ask the Father, he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and what he he will be in you. He lives with you and he will be in you. And then, and then chapter 14, also verses 25 and 26. He says, All this I have spoken while still with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will remind you of everything I have said to you. So this is really like the, the third instance in chapter 15 where he's talking about the Holy Spirit and, and this you know, counselor, this helper, this comforter who is going to be with us forever. He's never going to leave us. Like I said, we're not alone and we'll never be alone, no matter what is going on in this world around us. Because it changes it's not always going to be the same. It's changing even now, even in the last you know, nine months with all the stuff that's going on with this virus and all that, and, and now politically, things are changing. But I'm totally convinced of this, and, and we'll see it in this passage, especially today, is that we need to 
to realize that we have the Holy Spirit of God with us and we have Jesus and we need to focus on him. That's where our focus needs to be on Jesus Christ. Not on the situation, not on the world around us, not what's going on. He says that the Spirit of God will be with you and he will be in you. And, and Paul said, if he's not living within us, then we don't belong to him. And that's the question I asked her. Do we belong to him? How do we know? Because we have the Holy Spirit living within us. If he's not living within us, we don't belong to him. It's, it's, it's very clear. A quote we talked about before, Warren Wiersbe again, apart from the help of the Spirit of God, we cannot live the Christian life as God would have us live it. We must know who the Holy Spirit is, what He does, and how He does it. Our passage today is going to give us some of those things, and again, we're going to see some more uh, about the Holy Spirit again in this discourse, and He's already been teaching about the Holy Spirit, the fact that He's going to teach us, that He's the Spirit of truth, that He's going to bring to our remembrance, remind us of things that Jesus has said. So He's, he's doing those kinds of things. Look at verse 26, though, where our, our focus is today. And we're also going to have communion today. And I, I think it's appropriate, too, because it's, we're focusing in on, on Jesus Christ and what He did. He says, When the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. He says, when the Counselor comes, not if the Holy Spirit's going to come. And, and has the Holy Spirit come? What was he talking about? How, when was that fulfilled? On the day of Pentecost, it was fulfilled. What Jesus said, this is going to happen. Uh, he said, you know, don't you know, leave home without him kind of thing. Don't leave Jerusalem. You, you wait for the promise of the Father, the, the promised Holy Spirit. He says, when he comes, the counselor comes, whom I will send to you. And notice he says whom. So again, the, this concept of the Trinity, that the Holy Spirit is a person, one of the, the three persons of the Trinity, and, and we kind of see that even in, in what he's saying, in, even in this verse. He says, I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit. We see, we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all just in this one verse. But we've also seen previously that some of the verses we already read there, that the Holy Spirit would also be sent by the Father. So the Father sending the Spirit... Jesus is sending the Spirit. The Spirit is coming. He's proceeding from the Father. The, the, the unity of the Trinity, all three persons of the Trinity, Trinity involved in, in what God is doing in our world and in specifically in our lives. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Very, very important. And, and I kind of think, you know, we, as we focus and think about different aspects of the Trinity and the different aspects of the persons of the Trinity, you know, the Father, we think of the Father. We need a Father. We, then, we, then we think of Jesus and, and everything that He's done, and we'll talk more about that. And, and then the Holy Spirit. Now, what, what is He doing, as, as Warren Wiersbe said? What He does and how He does it. But when He comes... And this is, the, this is really, for me, the heart of this verse and, and kind of the heart of, of what the Holy Spirit, uh, his, 
his mission or what he does is, it says there in the end of verse 26, what does it say? He will testify about me. You know, we're thinking about the Holy Spirit and, and, and you know, I, I've heard so much teaching. I've been involved in, in, in lots of different places and, you know, we're talking all about the Holy Spirit and we're putting all this emphasis and focus on the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit says, the focus is not to be on me. Where is it to be? On Jesus. He brings the focus to Jesus, you see. He testifies about Jesus, and he doesn't bring that attention to himself. He points to Jesus, and for, for us here, as believers, and, and, and even for the world itself, itself, for us as human beings, our greatest need is not to, to be all spiritual, but our greatest need is Jesus. It has been, it is, and it always will be. That, that's where the answers lie for you and I. The Father sent His Son for us because He loved the world, right? That whoever would believe in Him that is in Jesus, receive and accept and, and trust in Him. You see, it's all about pointing to Jesus. And, and I, I just, you know, as I've been thinking about this passage and, and thinking then again about all the things that have been going on around us in the world, I'm thinking, you know what, I need to focus on Jesus. Jesus is the Savior of the world. and not, There's no other man out there that is going to be the Savior of the world. There's no doctor out there that's going to have the answer to be the Savior of the world. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Amen. So you and I, I, I can't stress this enough, that the Holy Spirit is working. He hasn't let, left us alone in the middle of the world, in the middle of all the hatred and all the stuff that's going on in the world. But He points us not to the world itself, but He points us to Jesus. And that's where, you know, I, that's where I found peace. That's where, you know, as I say, well, I'm going to look to you, Jesus, because I can't understand all this. I can't, I can't fathom all. I can't make things happen the way I think that they should happen. But Jesus, I can, fo I can focus on you. I can find peace in you. We've, we see that he's been saying that. My peace I'll give you. My love. My joy. That's where we're going to find these things, folks. It's, it's, it's not in the world system. It's not in everything being perfect around us because you know what? It's never going to happen until God makes it happen. Further on, further on, he has plans. I was thinking about John the Baptist and, you know, talking about a guy who was pointing to Jesus and, and, and you know, we, we see this progression kind of, we see the Holy Spirit is, is pointing to Jesus. We see John the Baptist is pointing to Jesus. And then, and then the next verse, we'll see that he's speaking to his disciples. And he says, you're also going to testify. You're also going to be a witness. And about what? We'll see what that is. It's about Jesus. It's always about Jesus. Look back with me, with me if you will, to John chapter 1. Uh, speaking about John the Baptist. And uh, <clears throat> verse 6, there was a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him 
all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. That true light that gives light to every man that was coming into the world. You see, he was pointing to Jesus. John the Baptist was just a man. And, and John is telling us in, in this chapter 1 that we're not to put our hope in a man. All, all John the Baptist did, though, he was, in, he was an incredible man. And, and, you know, he had kind of a weird diet. And he kind of dressed funny. But he was incredible. But we can't put our hope in John the Baptist. Look at, at uh, John chapter 10. Turn ahead uh, a little bit further. John chapter 10, verse 40. It says, it says, and Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing. That's John the Baptist in the early days. Here he stayed and many people came to him. They said, the people said, though John never performed a miraculous sign, all that John said was, was true. All that John said about this man, who? Jesus was true. And in that place, many believed in Jesus. Not many believed in John the Baptist. Many believed in Jesus. You see, John just pointed to Jesus. That's what he did. He spoke about him, right? He, he said, this is the man. What did he say? He said, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You and I, you know, despite what's going on around us, we can need to look to Jesus. And we also need, like John the Baptist and the disciples, to point to Jesus. Because he's the only one who has the answers. He's the only one that's going to give us peace, hope, and help. All that John said about this man was true. You see, John spoke about him, and, and, and now these people, they finally see Jesus for themselves, and they're going like, wow, everything that he said about this man Jesus is true. And I think that's also true as well. When we come and we, we truly, honestly look to Jesus and, and focus on Him, we'll find out that everything the Bible says about Jesus is true. So he goes on now, in, back in chapter 15, the Holy Spirit, He's going to testify about Jesus, about the Son of God, because that's where you and I find all the help. And he says in verse 27, you also, now he's speaking to the disciples, of course, you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Testify about Jesus, because they've been with him from the very beginning. And I think he's speaking primarily to the disciples, the apostles, but isn't it also true about us that we're called to be witnesses as well? So as we look, and, and I've got some verses we'll go through quickly about the disciples and what, what happened with them, it, it also applies to us. What did they point to? What did they speak about when they gave testimony and witness? It wouldn't be easy. I think he was telling them that as well. And the context, of course, in this, this section is what? It's the hatred of the world. It wouldn't always be easy. You're not going to say, well, Jesus loves you, you know, this I know, for the Bible tells you something. They're going, oh, that's so nice. That's cool. Tell me more. No, it's going to be more like, I don't want to hear that. That's not what I want to hear, though some will listen. But you and I, we need to always, always, always point to Jesus. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says, you know, that 
when they arrest you, don't worry about what to say or how to say it. Not when, not if they arrest you, but when they do. And at that time, he said, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. He said, the Holy Spirit is going to give you the words to say. When things get difficult, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives, and He's going to give us the words to say. In Acts chapter 1, it says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then what? He says, And you will be my witnesses. When the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to make us those witnesses like John the Baptist was, like the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will make us witnesses about what? Or about who? About Jesus. You know, it's, it's, a, it's the kind of thing where, you know, as you and I have this, this ongoing, real relationship with Jesus, that's what, we, that's what comes out. That's what our witness is. That's what our testimony is. That's what our story is. That, you know what? Jesus is faithful. Jesus is real. Jesus is in my life. I, I have a relationship with him. Jesus has, 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 so, has been so good to me. Now, if you don't have a, an ongoing relationship, you can't say any of those things, right? You have no testimony. You have no witness. But the Holy Spirit working in us, he's, he's going to reveal more and more of Jesus to us and, and, and show you know, Jesus to our hearts and minds. Luke chapter 24, Jesus was speaking to some disciples. He said, this is what the, what's written, that Christ will suffer. And he will rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. He said, you are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what the Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with that power from on high. And he's speaking about the Holy Spirit, isn't he? Later on in chapter 10 of Acts... They said that we are witnesses. Peter was preaching. He said, we are witnesses. And what was, he, what was he a witness of? The cross and the resurrection of Jesus. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, he said. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He commanded us to preach to the people, to testify what? That he is. Who is? That Jesus is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. For all the world, Jesus is the one that we're going to have to deal with. That's why you hear people say, you know, we're, you know, we're going to get to the pearly gates, right? And, you know, St. Peter's going to be there and, you know, they have all these jokes about it and stuff. But we are going to stand and the Father, this is, this is why the Father is going to say, what have you done with my son? Have you believed in him or have you rejected him? Have you just pushed him off to the side or have you trusted in what he's done for you? This is, what is, this is what's going to happen. He is the one whom God the Father has appointed as judge of the living and the dead. In 1 John it said again, we testify and we proclaim to you the eternal life. The eternal life is found in Jesus. In 1 John chapter 4, he has given us of his spirit, he says, and we testify that the Father has sent his son, what? 
to be the savior of the world. I I don't know about you, but there's a, a real pattern here. The Holy Spirit is is testifying about Jesus. John the Baptist testifying. The apostles are testifying that Jesus is the one that you and I need to focus on. He's the Savior of the world. It's not some political figure. It's not some doctor. It's not some political system. It's Jesus is the Savior of the world. You know, you and I, we've got to focus on that. We've got to remember that. We need to hold on to that. Not only that, we need to hold on to Him. Again, it's a personal thing. It's a personal relationship. It's not religion. It's a relationship. And we don't just say that. I know the words just kind of come glibly off our tongue. But, but there's truth in those words. It's not religion that we're talking about. It's a, a personal, living, ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Acts chapter 4, again, Peter, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He talked about Jesus, about him being crucified, about him uh, risen from the dead. But he goes on to say this, that, that salvation is found in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. It, 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 why do I say the Holy Spirit wants to testify about Jesus because that's what we need that's who we need that's who the world needs we got to be careful we don't get sucked into all the stuff of the world but but remain faithful to Jesus and and let Jesus shine out from us hey there's something different about you're not all freaked out about everything that's going on why because I'm holding on to Jesus I'm trusting in Jesus that's where my hope is does that make any sense to you? Am I, making, am I getting through today? Yes. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. They were facing persecution. The next verse after this one says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John, and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note, what? That these men had been with Jesus. That's, that's what they saw. And that's what they recognized. That's what they realized. And hopefully that's true about us. They're going to see something different. Courage and boldness in our lives. Peace. Joy. Love. Why? Because we have been with Jesus. That we spent time with Jesus. That's the answer, people. Matthew Henry, the, the, the commentator you know, 1600s, 1700s, he said, those are best able to bear witness for Christ that have themselves been with him by faith, hope, and love, and by living a life of communion with God in him. He went on to say this, and I, and I took this for myself because he was speaking to ministers. He says, ministers must first learn Christ and then preach him. In other words, the minister, if the minister doesn't have a a relationship with Jesus, what what do you have to give? You have nothing. And yet there are people in pulpits all around our country that have no relationship to Jesus Christ at all and are preaching all kinds of stuff. They have nothing to give. And, and so for, for me, and I, I take this seriously, if I, if I don't maintain a relationship of, with Jesus, I've got nothing to give. Nothing. 
just maybe some head knowledge. Matthew Henry also pointed out as we prepare for communion that when Jesus was arrested, you remember what happened to all those disciples? What does it say that happened to them? It says they, were, they fled. They freaked out. They fled. They all ran. But after the Spirit was poured out upon them, what happened? They were transformed. They were bold. They, they had a witness uh, of Jesus in their lives and hearts. And, and, and again, I'll say it again, they gave their lives for their faith in Jesus Christ, all except for John. And God had a special plan to keep John around to write the letters, the book of Revelation. Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, the truth, and the life. And, and you and I, you know, he, he is the only hope that you and I have. So we're going we're gonna to have communion now. And I, I feel, like I said, I feel it's appropriate because the focus, where's the focus? It's Jesus. Peter said, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. That's a whole mouthful, isn't it? But it's, it's the fact that we have been given a brand new life and hope. Why? Because what Jesus did, that he died, that he rose from the dead. And, and we have an inheritance to look forward to. An inheritance to look forward to. It's kept in heaven for us. But he says that we are shielded by God's power. Until then, until we get there, we're shielded by God's power. So why don't we pass out the communion and we'll partake in a few minutes chris is going to come and uh, play for us uh, while that's being passed out and we'll and we'll have communion together